Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cedar and Cypress Pod. This is Allison. This is Liv. And we are so excited that you're back. If you are listening on the day that this episode is coming out, then you know that tomorrow is Halloween. So we thought it would be fun to do an episode on, I feel like it's like a somewhat controversial topic. And yeah, you I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the most. <laughs> But it's somewhat controversial, and it's whether or not Christians should celebrate Halloween. So this should be a lot of fun. We're just going to jump straight into that debate. We like to do that on this podcast. We like to go for those episodes that you know are a little bit uncomfy to talk about. But um, I think I think Halloween can feel kind of controversial because we know that there are faithful and God fearing Christians who disagree on this issue due to their personal convictions. So I think that's why a lot of us can kind of be a little bit torn on whether or not we should celebrate Halloween. But it's still important to think about, still important to uh, just think about what we choose to participate in or not. So um, we're excited to get started with this episode. Uh, But before we jump into that, uh, we wanted to just share our favorite fall traditions. So Liv, if you want to go first, what are some of your favorite fall traditions? Okay, so y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but... One of my absolute favorite fall traditions is actually running a 10K. I was about to say 6K, but it's six miles. A 10K on Thanksgiving with my dad. I've done this (laughs) every year for the past, like, I don't even know, probably since I was like 14, maybe. So it hasn't been like a whole, my whole life type of thing, but like for a while. Well, it's 10 years though. I mean. Yeah, it is 10 years. Crazy. It's really weird. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Um, so like I've done it for like 10 years. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you sound old there. No, it's okay. I just like was trying to do the math in my head and then I realized like, wait, yeah, Don, 24. I don't know why I was thinking 12 years, and then I was like, nope, I'm not trying to age myself even more here. 14 doesn't sound that long ago, but then you think about it and you're like, wow, that was like nine or ten years ago. Yeah, I feel like 14 does sound like a long time ago to me, but like for some reason, 16 doesn't, even though it's not that much later. Yeah. And then I'll think about that and be like, whoa, that was eight years Trippy. ago. <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, um, and I'm going to be 25 in like a couple months. So like, that's pretty crazy to me. Um, anyway, so yeah, that is actually one of my favorite traditions is running that 10K with my dad. It's always been so fun, even if like, even on the years We've lived apart, which has been for quite a while now. Um, We've always like found a way to come back together, except for maybe like one or two years to like run it. Like even this year, he's coming um, with my family to town for Thanksgiving and we're going to run it together. So it's just like, that's just, I don't know why, man. It's just something I look forward to. Like you just, you get up and it probably is because Thanksgiving is also my favorite holiday. So it's like, you know, if you just get up, it's usually like a very crisp morning and you just get ready to go. You get out there with all these people. You go on like a nice six mile run. A brisk. And then a brisk six mile mile easy run. (laughs) Um, And then you're just done and you feel great. You're high up on endorphins. And then you're like, let's go eat all the food that we can fit in our stomachs. So I don't know. That's just like one of my favorite fall traditions. I love doing that. Um, I love doing anything cozy as well. Um, and then hiking slash camping is probably like one of my favorites. Like we, sorry, this is jumping back to the cozy thing. There are so many things that come to mind when I think about fall, but coziness, um, we have a 
indoor fireplace now. Like we, I've never had that before. And we have one in our house here and it's like an old fashioned, like you got to make the fire yourself kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I love that. So like, I love having that going with like some apple cider and just like chilling, making something pumpkin and eating it. Like it's just nice. Um, and then I love like hiking and just being outside during the fall because it's so nice out and it's not like buggy anymore. And you can just be like cozied up in your beanie and your sweaters and your boots and like, it's just fun. So that is definitely my favorite. Those are like my three favorite things about fall. I feel like that run has like giant added bonus of not feeling bad when you eat a lot of Thanksgiving food. You're like, yes. oh, I, I did a, I did a really long run today. I it does, and then you get, yeah, you get hungrier too because you know your metabolism is like jumped a little bit. It's got a little bit of a jump start, if you will. So yeah, then you can eat more too because like you eat a bunch of food and you're like, whoa, I'm so full. And then like an hour later, you're like, you know what, I could eat. I can eat something. I'm ready. I'm ready for dessert. Let's <laughs> and go. And then you eat more. <laughs> I think it's and then a the win next day you're like, Yeah, it's great. So yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I love it. What about you? Yeah. So mine is kind of a non-answer because I I grew up in places that didn't have a set four seasons. So I grew up in the Philippines and I lived in Florida for a long while, which th- those those places do not get cold. So you don't really have much of a fall. I mean, I don't know. In Florida, maybe it gets to like 55 and that's not cold in my opinion. Sorry if you are flirting and you think that's cold, but that's not cold. No, it's just and, like brisk. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's like, that's still like t-shirt jeans weather, at least to me. I mean, it just depends. Yeah. But so I haven't really had any fall traditions but one that i have liked establishing it's a it's the most basic thing and you already said it's drinking apple cider just for some reason there's something so nice about apple cider hot apple cider on a really cold fall evening there's just something so nice about that i just i also really like fall candles and i mean like pumpkin baked goods and things like that so i like i like all the things that come with fall all the scents and the food and stuff but i have never really had like a fall tradition but i'm starting to establish some that i yeah i was gonna say you gotta start some exactly exactly so now that we live in a place that gets all four seasons yeah really enjoyed it yeah i are you like a pumpkin coffee person yeah, so mm, that's going to be a no for me. Pumpkin coffee yeah. is, a, is a no. <laughs> um, I don't like pumpkin flavor in my coffee, but I do really like pumpkin donuts or muffins and stuff. Right. I like the baked goods. But there's just – I also – I really only like vanilla in my coffee anyway and caramel. That's fair. So I don't really like flavored coffees in general. Yeah, I can I just, respect that. I don't, I don't know. I don't like <laughs> pumpkin flavored stuff, like a syrup in my coffee. I, that's kind of no, no. Yeah, no, I don't like it. I, I just, and I tried to also, I will say like, I'm not one of those people that like took a sip and was like, never again. Like I tried. Okay. I've gone <laughs> many PSLs. Pumpkin spice. Yeah. Yeah. He PSLs. Said right. I don't know why I wanted to say SLP, which is like a speech pathologist. <laughs> and I was like, that's not it. Um, <laughs> I've gone many PSLs and I just, I don't know. There's just something about that that I'm like, no, I don't mm-hmm. like this. And then I've tried to get that coffee that's like flavored grounds. Like it's like co- the coffee like beans they're roasted themselves. With the pumpkin. Yeah. Right. 
And that is like another level of gross. Like it's so gross. Like, I don't know. I just don't like it. I just don't. I don't know. If I could choose uh, any fall drink, it would be like a maple something or whatever. Like it's not going to be pumpkin ever. Like I love a good pumpkin bread or like pumpkin donuts or something, but just yeah. pumpkin coffee. I'm like, they just do not mix. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'll take, take. I'll take my pumpkin donut and my regular coffee together. Exactly. Please. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, sorry for any of you who like that's your that's your thing. You're a pumpkin spice latte person, so we're not not heating on that. Just you know, I don't know. That's I might not be. Us. I, I feel a little. very strongly. <laughs> let us let us know. No, I'm just feel kidding. Free to DM <laughs> us and let us know. Uh, anyway, uh, we we just thought it'd be fun to kind of jump into the topic of Halloween and whether or not we should celebrate. I think Liv and I have a little bit of a different background or, or um, growing up with like Halloween. So we'll actually get into that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but before we actually get into the actual debate itself and kind of the history of Halloween, we kind of wanted to just kind of dissect why we actually care about talking about this. And we, we just always want to have a purpose behind all these episode topics. And we I wanted to mention before we even get started that whether or not you celebrate Halloween, it is not a salvific issue. That is really important before we get started for everyone to know that it's not essential uh, to your status as God's child, uh, saved and redeemed, destined to enjoy eternal glory, redeemed by Christ. That has nothing to do with whether you celebrate Halloween or not. That's not a determinant. So it's a great topic of discussion that I think should be out in the open. We should all be willing to chat about it and share our opinions. But what I really mean by a salvific issue is that there are some doctrines in the Christian faith that are, you are required to believe in, uh, to be a true follower of Christ. And this is not me saying this. This is from the Bible. Um, the exclusivity of God, the Trinity, the virgin birth, Jesus's death, his resurrection, his status as um, a member of the Trinity, and the total supremacy and exclusivity of Christ are those primary doctrines that we um, mentioned that are all required for you to be a Christian. Uh, celebrating Halloween comes way, way further down on that list. It's like a tertiary or even farther down level of importance. But we um, still think that as Christians, it's still really important to, I mean, think deeply about anything you choose to participate in. So that's kind of why we wanted to chat about that today. Yeah, I think it's it's more of just kind of something that it's like as Christians, this shouldn't necessarily be something that we just like bypass. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's kind of interesting to talk about and just converse with other people about. And I think we all have our reasons why we may or may not celebrate it. And I think as long as we're looking at our hearts um, and our actions, you know, in the way that we celebrate um, and knowing that like, you know, we're not making an idol out of anything or we're not putting anything above God or also like we're not partaking in anything that directly goes against scripture or God himself, um, then, you know, we're not saying that this is a primary issue issue in any way. Um, but like as Christians, we are called to be discerning and wise, and we are called to think deeply about everything that we do. Um, and just to do everything to the glory of God. So if it's something that you can't do to the glory of God, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> so, um, basically we shouldn't do anything flippantly 
including celebrating holidays, honestly. And then I just wanted to read James 3, 13 through 18 kind of goes along with this. And it says, uh, who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Um, so basically this shouldn't be something that's necessarily um, divisive in any way. It's just something that we can talk about together and share in wisdom together um, as we kind of discuss it and move forward from there. Yeah. Thank you so much for reading that verse. I think it's really important to keep that in mind as we move forward. Uh, but that's that we kind of wanted to dive a little bit into the history of Halloween because I, I really think that understanding the origin of Halloween is actually where it comes down for me and the reason why I choose not to celebrate Halloween, why I didn't grow up celebrating Halloween. Um, and so we have a, just a couple articles that we wanted to share some insight from. So from history.com, um, the authors talk about how Halloween uh, was originating in the ancient uh, Celtic festival of Sohim. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Um, the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve and then later it was called Halloween. Um, over time, however, the article explains Halloween kind of evolved into just a day of um, more innocent activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, um, you know, gathering for meals and wearing costumes, things like that. Uh, but the ancient origins of it really um, originate in the 2000 years ago with the Celts who um, lived in the area that is now known as Ireland, um, the UK and northern France area. Uh, so this day for them marked the end of the summer and the harvest beginning. Um, the Celts believed that on this night, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead become blurred. Um, and on this night, they celebrated what was believed to be the ghosts of the dead returning to Earth. Um, they believed that the spirits could cause damage to their crops or that they had kind of they brought trouble along with them. So they wanted to ward them off. So um, ultimately, it was kind of this belief in the. Um, the spiritual world, kind of re-entering the natural world um, through the dead spirits. So um, that information, again, was from the History.com article. And this kind of origin of Halloween is the reason I choose personally not to celebrate Halloween, because I don't, I don't know, I don't find anything good in that, in that origin. Um, but is there anything that you wanted to add from your article as well? Yeah, I found another article, um, which is also just from like a history website. It's called worldhistory.org. Um, and it kind of just talks about the history a little bit. And I mean, one thing I just kind of wanted to share too was um, I'll just read part of the article basically, mm -hmm. but it says there were gatherings of communities for feasting and drinking while this was going on. Um, but there was, it's talking about like bonfires prior to this, that's what I was talking about as this going on. Um, but there was also the awareness of the thin time of the year and the possibility of otherworldly visitors showing up at the party. Departed loved ones were expected and welcomed. And the practice of setting out favorite foods for the dead may have originated as early as 2000 years ago. Um, that's kind of unclear, by the way, that's not like a firm fact, but many other kinds of spirits, some which never had human form could also appear. Um, so 
basically it was like a lot of welcoming, you know, spirits that were departed loved ones, but also protecting themselves from maybe not so friendly spirits, if you will. Um, and this is kind of a history that's known about that time, which eventually kind of led into more of like the Christianized version. Um, like the church kind of took it over that, um, and made it a little bit more like, innocent, I don't know, I guess. Innocent. Yeah. I'm like, I say that Washed with air quotes, it up a little bit, it's kind yeah. of like, kind of, cause they've done that. I mean, this is obviously talking about the church over in Ireland. So this is not necessarily like something that happened recently, but it's just like kind of took it and made it. I don't know, a little bit more innocent, I guess. Sanitized it a little. Sanitized it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like made it more to what it is today. And over time, it has kind of grown into just this like lighthearted thing in the in the West or whatever. Um, I will say, though, um, something that kind of strikes a chord with me in reading on the history of it is that, for instance, like when you look at things like seances, a lot of people think that they're contacting previous family members when honestly, this is something that can be used by a lot of, um, demonic forces to kind of like speak to people. Um, I've heard stories of like people hearing dead relatives voices and things like as they welcome their spirit back. And honestly, it's like, that's not them. Cause they're, they're dead. Like <laughs> it's not there. I mean, they are in the afterlife, but I don't think anyone is like contacted from wherever they are, like whether that be, you know, heaven or hell, like, I don't think someone is like literally being contacted from those places and speaking to you. I think that that is actually, um, another spirit or demonic presence that's impersonating someone. So it's like, because they were also welcoming back, like spirits of people that they knew they're actually welcoming something else, you know? So I do think that that's, something you have to be aware of. And the fact that like these things, while they were things that happened a long, long time ago, um, are things that a lot of people know about. A lot of people know about this history. And so a lot of people kind of take advantage of this night to like do similar things, like use Ouija boards and do, you know, conduct seances and things like that, which are, you know, can bring a lot of evil about. So, so definitely things that we do not want to partake in as Christians. Yeah, I think there's also a little bit of an arrogance with trying to interact with the spiritual world or contact yeah. the dead or I don't know, just any anything along those lines. I think there's this kind of arrogance I think that people can have that they they're in control of the situation and that it just couldn't be farther from the truth <laughs> that nope. <laughs> like as Christians, we know that we don't have to be afraid of spirits because there's many um parts of the Bible that tells us um, that when, as long as we have Christ in us, you know, we're able mm-hmm. to um, combat the devil and his evil. I, I was going to say demons, but I was trying to think of a better word, like not like minions. forces. I was going to use the word minions, but that makes me think of like <laughs> the despicable me. Yeah, I wish they were that cute. Right. But there, there's that arrogance like oh, I'm in control. I know what's going on. I could turn this off when I want. And that's just not true. Once that's not true. Once you have opened yourself to spiritual forces and evil spirits then the door is open and spirits can have their way with you if you're not uh if you're not saved and in christ and Mm -hmm. paul tells us this in ephesians 6 verse 12 we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places essentially paul is just telling us here The spiritual battle we fight is very, very real, and we shouldn't play around with it. We shouldn't assume that we have control of the situation, but ultimately that God 
oversees all of that and rules all of that. So as long as we trust in him, we're protected and we're safe, but we shouldn't try to take that into our own hands because that can go south pretty quickly. For sure. Um, And I think like going off that, we kind of just wanted to share like our own experiences with the holiday and just like if we grew up celebrating it, what we think about it now, just a little bit more in depth. Yeah. I know like for me personally, when I was little, we didn't really celebrate it. Um, It wasn't like we completely closed ourselves off from it, but my parents didn't want us like partaking to the point of like going trick or treating or like going to any Halloween parties or like anything like that. Um, basically what we would do is we would hand out candy to kids that would come trick-or-treating to our house. And we did, um, like dress up in costumes and stuff like that, just like all the other kids, but we were also not allowed to wear a lot of costumes. Like it was like, there was no like, yeah, dress up as the devil or like a witch or like something like that. Like we weren't allowed to do that. It was like, you're going to be a princess or you're going to be, you know, something not like that. Um, so what I remember from Halloween during that time in my life, honestly, was just like, I got to eat as much candy as I wanted. And I loved that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there was that, but our parents definitely did like instill in us. Like there's a lot of evil things that happen on this day. Like you have to be careful. Um, and then I think like kind of growing up, uh, when I was a teenager, I was into like all of the like werewolves and like vampires and things like that. But I always like separated them from reality. It was never really like, you know, these are things that exist nowadays and things that where, I mean, some people think that they are those things, but that's a whole other topic. So, um, yeah, but it's just like, I kind of separated it from reality, thinking of that as more of like a fantasy world. Um, and I was never really into, like, I still knew there was a line of like, these are the things that you don't partake in and like anything that's demonic or anything that even like goes into the direction or whatever, like you don't partake in that. So like, while I thought those things were kind of like interesting or like fun to like impersonate, if you will, on Halloween, like I would like, you know, I dressed up like a vampire one year, for instance. Um, and me and my sister made like these cupcakes that were like vampire themed. So they had like little like vampire bites in them kind of thing. But honestly, I think that was just because we were really into the vampire diaries at the time. So it was mostly like influenced by shows or something, or, like, movies. Like, we were never, like, Twilight girls, but we were Vampire Diary girls. So, um, and we also liked Teen Wolf. Like, those shows were, like, we loved them. So, not recommending you watch them, by the way, but we did watch (laughs) them, and we did like them. (laughs) So, um, but anyways, so I just, yeah, I kind of separated those things from, like, actual reality. They were more just, like, influenced by things like that. Um, But I, I think I kept a line of, like, knowing I still didn't want anything to do with like witchcraft or seances or Ouija boards or tarot cards or like anything like that. Um, And then I think kind of growing up, obviously I kind of grew out of the like, wow, that stuff is so cool. (laughs) Cause it's like 16, 17 at the time. Um, And now I kind of feel like, I guess I've experienced Halloween on both ends of the spectrum because I actually have spent Halloween over in Scotland which is pretty close to Ireland. Um, and it is still a very, very evil holiday over there. Um, so oh, it's very, I didn't know that. yeah, it's very, very different from how we celebrate it here. I mean, at least from what I saw, like maybe I don't know everything that goes on, but where I was, <laughs> it was terrifying where we were, we were in Edinburgh in Scotland and there was like a festival going on in the city and it was, definitely very evil. Like, I don't know what else I would call it. Like you just, 
like some people went out and like walked around for a long time. I more just looked out my window because I was too scared to go out. Like that's how scary it was. Um, Cause there's just like people, it looks like, you know, when you go to those like haunted things at like theme parks and stuff and people are walking around in costumes, like trying to scare you. It like looked like that, but everyone was like legitimately doing it. <laughs> like yeah. just, and there was a lot of like, people bringing things and doing like rituals and like so it was very very spiritual over there and it was like in a very very dark demonic way and like I just remember that being one of the like scariest nights honestly because we were in the middle of the city like staying there and it was just like so scary all night but so I definitely have seen that and then I've also grown up in the west where most of Halloween here is just like going to a party in a costume or walking around and getting free candy and I guess like where I'm at now, I don't really think there's anything wrong with partaking how we celebrate it here because it's so far removed from its original context that I kind of just don't think that there's a problem <laughs> with like dressing up in a costume and going trick-or-treating with your kids and like getting candy or like going to hang out with friends. As long as you keep in mind and you keep discernment, you know, kind of like right next to you. Like as soon as anything starts to get into a realm of like, I know I shouldn't be doing this run, you know, like don't get involved in anything. Don't be around people that, you know, might be involved in things like on that night um, that you don't want to be involved in or that, you know, that you shouldn't. Um, And I do think that you should teach your children as well. Like, you know, what is good and what is evil. So like, I kind of, I definitely agree with my parents as far as like, you're not allowed to dress up as this or that or whatever. Cause we don't want to like celebrate those things, you know? So it's like, I don't really think there's anything too wrong with partaking how we do or partaking in Halloween and the holiday, how we do, we do here in the West in America. Um, however, I would not do so in another country where they're celebrating it in a very, very dark way. And I also think even if you're going to celebrate it here or partake in any kind of celebration, you should still be careful because um, there are dark things that happen in that night. It doesn't mean that you have to be a part of those things, but like you should still kind of keep your keep your wits about you and make sure that you're not walking into anything that you don't want to be in. Yeah. I think that's a really good and like balanced perspective to have as you've experienced both sides of the spectrum. Like yeah, you've witnessed it be really evil, but then you've also seen just like kind of what it looks like in America, like little kids dressing up in costumes and getting candy and stuff. I would say my upbringing is probably pretty similar to yours with the exception that we didn't even really dress up or hand out candy. I mean, we also lived in the Philippines at this time, so it wasn't I mean, there are a lot of things in the Philippines that are very Americanized and very Westernized, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think I remember when I was a kid that they did Halloween in that same way, like trick-or-treating things. I could be wrong, but that's just not my memory. So we didn't even dress up. We didn't watch any movies or do anything special on Halloween. It was literally just another day in the year as if it was November 1st. And I don't really feel like I missed out on that much. I really like Christmas and Thanksgiving, so I, I don't know. I don't. I kind of just don't really care about Halloween because I never grew up having any kind of attachment to it. It was literally just another day. I also feel like that's kind of what informs my perspective today that while I do understand that how Americans celebrate Halloween today is so so distanced from its origin, I think I have a really hard time removing myself from that origin and the fact that it it comes from this like celebration of the dead returning back to Mm -hmm. our world and contacting the spirits and the fact that it kind of originates in that 
I have just I just personally have a hard time removing myself from that and feeling like I can partake in Halloween without feeling like I'm somehow contributing to that or supporting that idea that that is okay thing to do and I know Mm -hmm. no one would look at me participating in Halloween and think that's what I'm doing but I feel in my heart that's kind of what I would be doing I'm not I'm not 100% sure what we'll do when we start having kids because I think my husband grew up celebrating Halloween and his family Um, so there's Mm -hmm. just different perspectives there Um, but yeah I, I I think that anything I mean as Christians we become more sensitive to evil so when we can spot evil like dressing up as a witch or dressing up as something evil or scary or gory like even skeletons for me even if it's kind of like an innocent costume I feel like that's still kind of a glorification of death and like God didn't create us to die like that wasn't his original like purpose for us so I I Mm -hmm. personally don't partake in Halloween I don't think I would tell someone one way or the other but if someone came to me and was like hey do you think I should celebrate Halloween and they were a close friend of mine I would say probably not, and this is why, but you're still more than open to like make your own decision on that, however you feel convicted, which I think also speaks to the fact that we have different convictions as Christians, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit later in this episode too. Um, yeah. Yeah, but just really the reason why I don't celebrate Halloween is just this origin and feeling like I can't really remove myself from it, but I understand why other people can, and I can appreciate mm-hmm. and, and yeah, understand that. Yeah, I think it just it kind of does depend if you can do that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even to say like, yeah, if you can do that, you're like a better person. It's just like, <laughs> you know, like sometimes I think it's easy to to look at it and be like, oh, it's fine. It's innocent. And I think if you did grow up one way or not, um, that also definitely has to do with how you celebrate it later, especially if it's like you didn't feel like you were missing out on something to begin with. So you're kind of like what I don't it's really not that feel big like a I deal now yeah yeah you're and also you're kind of like well this whole thing it's like not based on the greatest thing and I never celebrated it anyways so it's kind of like eh, whatever whereas like I know I when I was growing up felt like I was missing out because a lot of my friends would go trick-or-treating and I wasn't allowed to and like even though I could like eat candy and dress up and stuff like that I always kind of like wanted to be able to do those things. So I do also feel like maybe that was part of it. It's like then kind of going like the opposite way where I like start to kind of dabble in things like vampires and werewolves and like that kind of stuff. And then just coming back the other way, I'm like, yeah, none of that. But also Mm -hmm. like, I don't think it's that bad to just like go get candy as kids and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely like one of those things where I feel like people can have kind of differing views on it for different reasons. And like, that's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. And then also as a parent, you're kind of like, do I want to do something that my kid's going to feel ostracized or feel like they're missing out or they're going to have to tell their friends I'm not allowed? There's some things where once I start having kids, I'm not, I'm going to feel fine telling them they can't participate in something. I'm not going to care how they feel about it. But some other things where I'm like, I don't want them to feel as like they're other or different in a bad mm-hmm. way. I mean, Christians are always going to be different. Romans 12, 2 tells us, you know, not to be conformed to this world that we're supposed to be in the world and not of the world. But if I can prevent my kid not feeling like they're not part of the group or feeling like they're excluded, I think that's why a lot of people, a lot of Christians are like, yeah, I'm going to let my kid go trick-or-treating. It's fine because mm-hmm. they're not dressed in something evil. And like, I know my kid and I know they're a good kid. So I can understand that perspective for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think too, like, it's also a matter of just having that discernment. Like when I let my 16 year old kid who I know is kind of like struggling with knowing God or like 
knowing, you know, like what the truth is or what the right thing is, like go out with all of their friends on a night that happens to be Halloween, like that kind of thing. Like, and I don't know what they're going to be doing or where they're going to be. Probably not. Like that's, (laughs) that's probably something I'd be like, no, I have to know where you're at. Or like, you have to share your location with me or like, you have to be home by this time, you know? Um, whereas like, you know, yeah, if it's like my five-year-old and they want to go like get some candy or like an eight-year-old or something, they're dressed as a princess. Um, I would probably just be like, yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the rich people's neighborhood and we're going to get all the (laughs) full-size candy candy bars. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to eat it all. But, um, yeah, like it just, it just depends. You know, I think you just have to use discernment with that too, for sure. Yeah, I think that when you become a parent, it's just being really closely attuned to each kid's needs and perspectives, uh, understanding of the world, their uh, like level of spiritual understanding as well, and kind of where they stand with God. Because it's going to be different when you're five and 18. Those are just different exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that actually just goes really well hand in hand with being a very present and attentive parent. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, we aren't supposed to be of the world, but we are called as Christians to be in the world and to be acquainted uh, with what's going on around us. So there's two different verses I wanted to point out. Romans 12, 2, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And John 15, 19 says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore, therefore the world hates you. And these two passages just point to the fact that Christians are supposed to be different. There is supposed to be a discernible difference between a Christian and a non-Christian by the way they live. Not necessarily whether they celebrate Halloween or not, but whether they choose to partake in what is evil or what is violent or what goes against God's will. Like that Romans verse says, that as a Christian, you're going to know what is the will of God and um, trust that if the Holy Spirit is in you, he's going to convict you and tell you what to stay away from. And um, as long as you're actually being attuned to the Holy Spirit and in God's word, you're going to be able to hear that voice loud and clear. And then if it's feeling distant, then maybe you do need to draw closer to God um, and just research this for yourself as well and kind of see where you stand and read these passages and pray for God to lead you in that area. But again, it's just that reminder that as Christians, there is supposed to be a pretty distinguishable difference between us and the world. And that can include the way that you choose to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. I think the next couple chapters of Romans also gives us, um, specifically in 14, gives us a great example of convictions and how Christians are to respect one another's convictions and choices. Um, something I did just want to point out really quick too, is that this is also talking about like secondary tertiary issues. Um, if we're talking about convictions over like the gospel itself, that's a different story. Like if someone tells me, no, that's not the gospel. This is the gospel. And they're saying something that's contrary to scripture. I'm going to be like, nah, I'm not respecting that conviction because that's wrong. Um, but I, we're talking about, you know, kind of things that are not central to salvation or to Christian doctrine necessarily. Um, but I'm just going to read some of those verses. So um, verses 13 through 21 of Romans 14 says, uh, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it 
unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. So basically this is just kind of talking about like, um, if you think of like a kosher diet versus unkosher, for instance, it's like, if someone thinks that eating something is unclean and you have a very different conviction about it, like you don't think it's a big deal you can respect that. Like you don't have to be like for the sake of unity in the church, you don't have to be that person. That's like, Oh, come on. It's not a big deal. Just eat it. Like, you know, like you can respect that person's convictions, respect them as a person and as another believer. And in order to just maintain unity in the body of Christ, you can respect that and just leave it alone. Like you don't have to like, you know, bring that to a place of it really being a big deal. Um, you know, you can dialogue about it, you can talk about it, but ultimately you can just respect one another that you have different convictions on those things. And, um, you know, if someone is convicted about something, then don't like tempt them to do, you know, what you think is not necessarily wrong. I think like a big example of this nowadays would be alcohol. Some people think that drinking is just off limits and they don't want to do that. They feel a very strong conviction not to drink. And some people, think that drinking is fine. And I'm not talking about drunkenness because scripture clearly uh, explicitly says to us that drunkenness is sinful. Um, I'm just talking about like having a beer here and there or having a glass of wine or something like that. Like some people think that that is a no-no and some people are like, yeah, it's fine. So that's kind of one of those. It's like if someone has a conviction not to drink, they are very firmly against it. Um, Not only don't you know, try to get them to drink, but also like maybe consider that when you're around them. And like, if they are very strongly against it, like don't drink around them, you know? Um, and that's not even to say like, you're being hypocritical. It's just that you're being respectful of their boundaries. Yeah. Or even at the very least, ask them if they're comfortable with that or not. I think, right. I think the same thing can go for like, this, this passage is really great because it's, it's so powerful. It's about a very specific issue. Um, when Christians were arguing about whether they can eat um, certain meat or not. Um, but right. this can be applied to a lot of different things. I think it can be applied to the media you consume is another really good alcohol is a great example. I think the media we consume is also similar. So like the music we choose to listen to, or yeah. I mean, I for a long time here, I think it still is a little bit, but Harry Potter has been cr- controversial yeah. <laughs> because it features witchcraft. And I, that might feel like a silly example, but it's actually another way that we can build one another up to like respect each other if someone has chosen to or to not consume Harry Potter, whether the books or the movies, and also to not put each other down based on their convictions of what they feel comfortable with. Because Paul is really saying here, don't judge each other. Do not put each other down. Do not grieve your uh, sibling in Christ based on what you choose to do. So if you eating that meat is causing them to be to stumble or to be uncomfortable or to, you know, whatever it is, then, you know, don't do it. And a similar thing mm-hmm. can be said for alcohol. A similar thing can be said for certain media. If there's media that someone is uncomfortable with consuming, like maybe obviously don't talk to them about it or mention it around them. Like just be respectful of that choice that they've made or not made. And what Paul is really saying here is issues like these, tertiary issues like these are not worth sowing discord in the body of Christ because actually to sow discord in that 
in that situation would actually be the sin in and of itself. Um, right. Because you're putting other people down or judging or, or passing judgment or feeling prideful about your position. Um, we should never, ever allow debates on this level, this tertiary level, to separate us from each other, uh, from our brother or sister in Christ, uh, nor should we allow our choices to make us feel prideful or feel like we're better than someone else or that they're just weak and they can't handle something or whatever that may be, that the choice that they've made to respect that um, and be very clear to them that we respect that as well. So in our speech and in our conduct, um, that we're honoring them and by um, by proxy, we honor God as well. Yeah, that kind of leads us into your next um, and final topic of this discussion, which um, we're going to talk about legalism versus liberalism. Um, And we've talked about this before in a different connotation, like kind of in the context of sexual purity and those things. Um, But just in general, um, on the legalism side, we shouldn't be so against things that we think lower of others to choose to participate or higher of ourselves because we don't. Um, Again, like in the in the context of drinking, like if you're someone who has a conviction not to drink and you know people who do, you shouldn't think of yourself as high and mighty or better than they are, or, you know, more righteous because you choose not to partake in those things. Cause that ultimately just leads to pride. Um, well, it even stems from pride. Honestly, it's not like not leading to it It stems from pride. Yeah. Yeah. It is pride itself. So, um, just kind of being careful of that. Cause I think we can do that subconsciously too. Like, I know I've definitely done that. Um, just not thinking about it and then being like, oh, wow, like I'm better than this person because I chose not to do that. Or like, I would never do that. You know, um, it's like just those, right. Could never be me. It's just like those little thoughts that like pop in your head that honestly are just prideful. Um, and that in and of itself is sinful. It's just having pride towards those people. For instance, in Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we've all heard that verse before, but you know says what it says. <laughs> it goes before destruction. So uh, I also wanted to read first Corinthians one 28 through 31, which says God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Um, again, in verse Verse 30, it says, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, not because of us. And that is definitely just gives us no reason to boast. Just the fact that the mere message of the gospel is that we are in sin and there's nothing we can do to get out of it. The fact that God comes um, and, you know, changes our hearts to see him, to know him um, and to repent and believe like that is nothing that has to do with us. And so if we're going to boast in anything, we have to boast in Christ because we have nothing to boast about, basically. Yeah. Don't boast in your convictions. Boast in the one who gave them to you because yeah, he's given them to you so he can protect you and take care of the people around you. So, I mean, in the context of Halloween, that's just because I personally have like a lot of fear and anxiety. So if I watch like scary movies or anything like that or see scary things, like even movie trailers, that's the one thing about this time of the year is like every YouTube video has like scary movie trailers. And I yeah. feel like God gave <laughs> me those convictions because he knows I get scared. He knows that sits in my heart. And so... He gave those convictions to protect me and keep me away from those things because I can't really handle them. And I think that's awesome that God cares about and loves us so intimately, each one of us, that he gives us those personal convictions that, you know, we should follow for the sake of honoring him. 
Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, um, you know, you mentioned the legalism side that we shouldn't be so abhorrently against things that, you know, we put down others who, you know, will participate in them. On the liberalism side, we should not forgo discernment or just have like right. an anything goes attitude. If we do choose to participate in something like Halloween or drinking or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the context is, um, we should be relying on the Holy Spirit and not ourselves to be convicting and to give us uh, our moral compass. That we should be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and respond very quickly if we're convicted of something, if we feel like we shouldn't go to something or watch a certain movie or participate in Halloween or whatever it may be. Um, to just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that will require you to be in God's word very frequently and to be pursuing him as the first relationship in your life. So that's going to take, you know, some hard work on your side. Um, but it's just really important to um, to be in that posture of uh, the gratitude and discernment when it comes to uh, anything and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Um, and then in the New Testament, James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So this is amazing. We have this guarantee that if we want to seek God, we want uh, wisdom and discernment, that he's going to give it to us. He's not going to withhold that from us. And same goes for Halloween, whether you choose to participate or not, that the Holy Spirit is going to, um, as long as he's present in your life, he's going to convict you and he'll help you kind of see what's right and what's wrong um, and what's okay to do and what is not okay to do um, and what works best for your family, what is right for you. And I feel like that is just a really encouraging thing to know that God loves and cares about us each so much that he's going to meet us in all those little things, Halloween or anything else. He, he loves us so much that he knows what we need and what's best for us. So he's going to meet us on all those things, even if it kind of seems minuscule to us, it, it matters to God. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that is going to do it today, guys. Um, If you have any questions on this topic, we would love to chat with you about them. If you want to either email us, um, you can email us at cedarandcypresspod at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at cedarandcypresspod on Instagram. Um, We would love to just kind of converse with you on this topic. If you do have any questions or even just thoughts on the matter, if there was something that we didn't bring up and that you think of. Um, So definitely follow us on Instagram, send us an email. I think next time we're talking about, actually, we have no idea what we're talking about next time. Never mind. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. (laughs) Surprise to you as much to us, guys. We'll get there. But anyways, tune in next time. It'll be a surprise to all of us what we talk about. Um, Listen to our past episodes if you haven't already. And we will see you next time.